Hello and welcome to another episode of One Geek's Opinion. I'm your host Geek Will, and today, seeing as how I'm on a roll with side-scrollers, I'll be chatting you up with another game of the side-scroller genre, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Now, before I go into detail with this game, I should let you all know that this is my first and, as I currently talk about it, only experience in the Castlevania series. I've bought Lament of Innocence, but I have yet to play that game, so my only experience with Castlevania is by this game. And even then, I bought and downloaded it via the PSN store, and I first played it last year, 2016. So be aware that I'm going to be talking about this from the viewpoint of someone who isn't very skilled in playing as a Belmont. You have been warned. Released in 97 and March 20th, Symphony of the Night is a sequel to Rondo of Blood, which was released in 1993. In fact, the game starts with a final confrontation between Richter Belmont, the main protagonist of that game, and the central antagonist, Dracula. A very nifty storytelling mechanic, as it immediately sets up many things for anyone who hasn't played a Castlevania game before. The Belmont clan's duty as vampire hunters, their eternal struggle between them and Dracula, not to mention introducing the player to the gameplay the Belmonts are associated with. But once old Dracula is defeated, a text segue then informs that Dracula's defeat at Richter's hand happened four years ago. And at that time, Richter went missing, and Dracula's castle, prophesized to reappear every 100 years, has returned. But someone else returns. Someone who has had past dealings with the Lord of Darkness, and wishes for his destruction. Enter Alucard. Originally appearing in Castlevania III, Dracula's Curse, Alucard wasn't much to remember, essentially being a generic vampire with Dracula's moveset. However, Symphony of the Night helped change the status quo. Koji Igarashi, the director behind Symphony of the Night, worked on a game prior to this game, and when asked if he could work on a sequel, he instead asked to be transferred to a new department. Because sales were good for his first game, Tokimaki Memorial, his boss agreed, and Igarashi, or Iga, as he would be credited as, was then transferred over to the Castlevania development team. Symphony of the Night was the first game he worked on in the Castlevania series, and one that would raise the bar for future games. When Iga helmed this in future titles, there was an artistic change to the series as well. Gone are the days of generic muscle guys brandishing their whips while a generic Dracula looms in the distance. With the work of artist Ayami Kojima, Castlevania took on a more stylized look, essentially making everything and everyone look pretty, despite the dowering gothic themes of the series. That being said, Kojima doesn't rely on an anime or cartoony look, instead using a very realistic design for the art. Just look at the box art for Symphony of the Night, the one with Alucard holding his sword in front of him, with a castle silhouetted in the moonlight behind him. That's the style Kojima went with, a very artsy and stylized look, but not to the point where it becomes a caricature. It still has a look of realism to it. Another change is the gameplay. I kinda went on a tangent with the behind-the-scenes info, but the game introduces a new style of gameplay on that, one that is very RPG-ish. The first and foremost is that Symphony of the Night has an equipment mechanic, that is similar to other role-playing games, such as Final Fantasy. Alucard can equip weapons, usually swords, shields, a helmet, or headgear for some, body armor, a cape, slash cloak, and two accessories to augment his stats. And before you ask, no, Alucard does not get a whip. I can understand the interest in having a whip, seeing as A, it's Castlevania, and B, most players playing this game are more than likely used to the whip thanks to past titles. But, in past games, the main protagonist was a Belmont, and they used the whip. Alucard isn't a Belmont, 
so it really wouldn't make sense to give him a weapon associated with the Belmont clan. Another gameplay feature, one that is acquired through exploration of the castle, is a vampiric ability to transform into the forms of a bat, wolf, and mist. Getting these abilities, which are then mapped to certain buttons on the controller, Alucard is able to transform to circumvent certain problems. With Mist, Alucard can pass through bars and gates that he cannot normally move past. The wolf form allows him to run quickly, moving through rooms easily, cutting the time you spend traversing the castle. The bat form allows you to fly, giving you the chance to reach locations that are normally too high for Alucard to reach. However, it should be noted that transforming and maintaining these forms requires magic, represented by a blue bar in the upper left corner, under the heart counter. While in these forms, the magic bar will deplete, and when empty, Alucard will revert to his human form. Taking damage from enemies will also force Alucard to revert as well, but only in bat and wolf form. When missed, all attacks pass right through him, and when you first receive the missed form, Alucard reverts back immediately after he transforms. Each form gets upgrades as you explore the castle. For the wolf, you'll get Power of Wolf. Dash now deals damage and enemies no longer hurt Alucard when dashing as a wolf. And Skill of Wolf. Special button, Triangle, Attack. Allows the wolf form to swim in water when pressing Triangle. Bat. Fire of Bat. Pressing the weapon button will have the bat form shoot a fireball. Echo of Bat. Pressing the triangle will make the bat use echolocation. Very useful in dark areas. Force of Echo. Echo now deals damage to enemies. Mist. Power of Mist. Allows Alucard to maintain the mist form as long as he has magic. Gas Cloud. Mist now becomes a poisonous gas cloud that damages enemies. Another gameplay feature is the use of spells. Spells use magic and can only be used through a button sequence not unlike the sequences used in a Street Fighter game. The thing is, for first-time players, the only way to know a spell is to buy the scroll that has the instructions on how to perform the spell. But experienced players can use the spells right away at the beginning if they want. The spells are Dark Metamorphosis. Blood splashed on Alucard will heal him for 8 health points. Summon Spirit. Summons a spirit to attack an enemy. Hellfire. Alucard teleports on the field and launches 3 fireballs. Like Father Like Son, eh? Tetra Spirit. Summons 4 spirits to attack. Soul Steal. Steals HP from nearby enemies. Wolf Charge. In Wolf Form, performs a powerful attack. Wing Smash. In Bat Form, performs a dash attack. But wait! I'm not done. Alucard is further helped by the use of familiars. Alucard acquires the aid of five familiars on his quest, a fairy that will heal him and revive him if he is killed, as well as draw attention to walls that can be broken, a ghost that deals magic damage to enemies, a demon familiar that will unlock doors for Alucard, as well as attack enemies. A bat familiar that can also attack, and when Alucard is in bat form and shoots a fireball, the bat familiar will shoot a fireball as well. And the sword familiar that will move up to enemies and spin around damaging them. These familiars can be leveled up, with their abilities becoming augmented, such as the ghost attacking faster, the bat familiar summoning more bats when Alucard is in his bat form, or the sword familiar becoming an equipable weapon for Alucard. Now, some of you may be asking, what kind of weapons does Alucard get? Well, the list is long, and in all honesty, I can't go over every piece of equipment without having you all sit here for a year. But there are two sets of equipment and two weapons I want to talk about. 
The first is the Alucard set of equipment, which is comprised of Alucard sword, Alucard shield, dragon helm, Alucard mail, and twilight cloak. What's interesting about these items are that Alucard starts the game with them, and they are one of the best equipment items for each category. Though for some, there are better options. So that means you can just breeze through the game right from the get-go, right? Nope. A few rooms in at the beginning, and Alucard encounters Death, Dracula's most loyal lieutenant. One conversation later, and Death steals these items, leaving Alucard with nothing. You get these items back at a later time, but until then, get used to level 1 equipment. Another equipment set is the Alucard set, which is just the Alucard sword, shield, and mail. When you first get these items, you'll realize one thing really quickly. They suck. Their stats are awful. But one thing you may not have noticed is that Alucard's status changes from good to Alucard. The word Alucard is a play on a la carte, and the stat Alucard increases the drop rate of items from enemies. When using this set with the aid of two rings of arcana, you'll have little difficulty in getting some rare items or weapons. Speaking of, there are two weapons I want to talk about. The first is the shield rod, which by itself is nothing of note, but when used in conjunction with a shield, Alucard can unleash a unique spell that will either boost his attack or defense, grant him higher resistance to an element, or straight out attack an enemy. The next weapon is the best weapon for Alucard, the Chrysagrum. Later called Valmanway in later games, the Chrysagrum is unique in that it attacks four times per swing, and Alucard can continue running while swinging this sword. Usually he has to stop to attack, but the Chrysagrum does away with that and lets Alucard continue moving while still attacking. I say it's the best weapon, not the most powerful. The Alucard sword is actually more powerful than the Chrysagrum, but the ability to attack four times per swing makes this weapon Alucard's ultimate weapon in Symphony of the Night. Now, it wouldn't be Castlevania without the inclusion of sub-weapons. The mechanic for sub-weapons is unchanged, this being a case of don't fix when ain't broke. Now, because I have a fleeting level of experience with this series, I know that the knife, axe, holy water, cross, and stopwatch remain unchanged from past games. Only for Alucard, the holy water doesn't creep along the ground when thrown. Instead, the fire stays where the item landed, thus granting more hits on stationary enemies. There are other items, such as the salt, which spreads out when thrown before hitting the ground, the Bible, which circles around Alucard, acting like a shield that hurts enemies, the rebound stone, which bounces off surfaces when used, and the agunia, the item that allows the player to pretend they're Darth Sidious. These items are found all over the castle, with one room dedicated to having these items for the player's convenience. Now, for the bonus that players who have played the past Castlevania games will be interested in. When you beat the game, you'll be given instructions for a bonus playthrough. The instructions are, start a new game with this name, and you'll play as a new character. The character you'll play, and the name you'll need, is Richter. Put Richter as the file name, and you'll start the game as the Belmont himself. Seeing as how you played him at the beginning of a new game, it acted as a sort of teaser for anyone who wanted to play as the Belmont himself. Now, I haven't played as a 2D Belmont before, so I don't know if his playstyle is the same as past games or unique. I will say that the use of a dash mechanic, double tap the direction button you want to go in, left or right, is a very useful feature, seeing as how his standard pace is an emphasized power walk. He uses the whip, 
and when you hold the attack button, he can then swing the whip in whatever direction you want. He has a backflip, a high jump, a crouch dash, and jump. Also, he has terrible knockback. I mean, it was bad with Alucard, but with Richter, he gets knocked back to fair distance, pauses, and then he can move again. He's very much a glass cannon in that he has a powerful attack stat, but his defenses are just garbage. Not to mention you can't actually equip new items to him. That being said, he can still use the sub-weapons, but he has an added feature to them. Pressing the triangle button will have Richter execute a more powered-up version of the sub-weapons. For the knife, he'll throw an endless stream of knives forward. The holy water will create holy rain, and for my favorite, the Bible will create multiple versions of itself, which then circle around behind Richter and fire a laser beam forward. Super effective. Now, there is something I need to address. You think that when you reach the throne room, you'll fight old Drac and that'll be it, right? Nope. You instead fight Richter. But if you go out of your way to get a certain item, you'll find out Richter is being possessed. When he's free, you'll then gain access to the inverted castle which is basically the castle you just went through, upside down. This seems like a bit of padding to me, as you don't get any more storyline scenes that help flesh out the overall plot or story, until the end when you fight Dracula. That being said, it's in this version of the castle that you get the Alucard equipment set and the Crusagrim, which will help you out immensely. It should be noted that this game has voice acting, which in my opinion, isn't that bad. Richter and another character have just a slight hint of a wooden performance, but the performance of Alucard and Dracula is really entertaining. It's actually a better performance than Mega Man X4, which was so bad it's good. This? It's just it's good. Could be better, but it's still good. It's serviceable, is what I'm saying. This is the game that, as far as I know, gave a voice to the line, What is a man? A miserable pile of secrets! That is heard in the beginning. As for the characters, Alucard, from what scenes we see him speak in, is a very good protagonist. While he does try to come off as aloof and stoic, there are times when his emotional side shows through, such as his final confrontation with Dracula and in another scene. Richter is your standard hero, but when he's possessed, it's a more interesting show. Why is it that characters who are selfless heroes are more interesting as villains? In my opinion, I don't think that there is a better version of Dracula. Some may say that his voice doesn't sit well with his character. But I say that only helps. It's not the deep, gravelly gravitas that we are used to, but a more everyday man voice that took a little too well to his drama class. I feel that this helps to highlight that he was just an everyday guy in his past life, which we find out that wasn't true in later games, and his grandiose manner could be a way to separate himself from humanity, which he loathes, and as discovered in this game, he has a good reason to hate them. This is a good game to introduce someone to the Castlevania series. I find it ironic that the most influential and critically acclaimed game in the Castlevania games doesn't feature a Belmont as a main character, but the child of the main antagonist, Alucard. If you played nothing but RPGs before playing this game, it's, in my opinion, actually easy to get into if you understand what side-scrollers entail. The music is amazing and helps set the atmosphere to every area of the castle. The inverted castle, while a bit of padding to some, does help to add a new layer of the adventure, and ends with a final battle with the King of Vampires himself. Richter mode, while not my cup of tea, will be an added and much appreciated bonus for fans of the older games. 
the idea of playing through the game as another character will be included in future titles as well. The graphics are fluid and very detailed. This game is just a wonder to play and experience. I encourage you all to go to the PSN store and buy and download this game. You can play it on PS3 or PSP. It did have a re-release slash remake titled The Dracula X Chronicles, where it has new voice acting. Honestly, I've heard a small snippet of the new voice acting, and while I enjoy Yuri Lowenthal's work, I don't think this role was suited for him. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you heard, check me out on Facebook, Twitter, my personal website, and if you like audiobooks, well, I've narrated a few that you can find on audible.com, itunes.com, and amazon.com. Thanks for tuning in, and come back next time for some geeky opinions.